I think of a non-believer, somebody stumbling upon my content, going to the comment section and all they see are cannibalistic Christians wow. eating each other alive and judging one another. So we are to look different from the world. So I think that unless there's a relationship, it's okay that if you don't agree with something to keep scrolling, it's really not that hard. According to a Gallup survey in the year 2000, 32% of Americans attended church every week. Today, that number has plummeted to a mere 20%. What the heck is happening? Here's the question. What are the real reasons most folks don't go to church? Well, no one is more in the trenches of this issue than this beautiful couple, Andrew and Kyra Carter. They lead Royal City Church in the heart of Los Angeles. And uh, hey, have you ever wondered what a social media influencer looks like? Boom, these homies. Well, something like, what, 33 million likes on TikTok, 1.2 million YouTube subscribers. Let's just say they're crushing it. My friends, how are we doing? We're doing great. We're good. <laughs> doing great. We're Amazing. Doing how good. are you? And Kyra, you're pregnant. I am. Super excited. Five and a half months. Let's go. Yes. All right, guys. So let's just get after it. Why, why aren't people going to church? I think that there's multiple reasons. And one of those reasons would be hypocrisy. Mm. I think that there is a lot of talking about Jesus, but not a lot of good representations of Jesus. Mm. Uh, I think that a lot of people are not practicing what they preach. Um, and also, I don't think that people are necessarily running away from church as the organism. I think they're running away from church as the organization. Mm. I feel like people have been kind of let down by the modern day church. And so they're leaving that looking for a, a more authentic representation of what that is, whether it be a house church or a small group, but uh, the organization of the church as we know it either has to make a big change or people aren't coming back. So let me read you something. It comes from uh, Hebrews 10, which is, let's see, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So it it seems like Scripture is pretty intent on us having church, uh, but you're saying that um, it doesn't have to look the way that it always has? Yeah, yeah. And the way that it always has is not always looked that way. Mm. It's definitely changed over the years. And if you look at the book of Acts and what the church was initially, it was a community where nobody went hungry. Nobody went untended to. They met together on a daily basis. It wasn't just a weekly rhythm. They broke bread together. Uh, they, they looked out for one another. It was a close-knit community. And when you see church nowadays, it's not necessarily that. Mm. I think that people are more concerned about filling seats and getting people in and out for the next service than they are about the actual community. Now, speaking of doing church in unique places, y'all do church on TikTok. Y'all are crushing it on TikTok. So, so first <laughs> off, where did that start? Uh, and I mean, when it comes to reaching people, we're not talking about a hundred or a thousand, we're talking millions and millions of people are watching you on TikTok do Jesus stuff. So tell me about that. Yeah, so we actually, um, God called our first ministry globally. 
And so it was a process of us stepping out in faith. Um, My husband stepped a little bit before me and uh, we just was just obedient to the call and just spreading the word to people around the world. And one thing led to another and we quickly learned that the world is hungry for Jesus. Mm. Um, Because even though we see a large number, those are just believers and they just want to hear the word of God and they're everywhere. And so that was our original passion is just to stick to that. And we're still doing it. Um, And so our church is on TikTok and Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn everywhere, Pinterest. Yeah, I mean, he's, Andrew, he's got, everywhere. He's crushing the Pinterest. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Let me ask you this. So I, I think you can make the argument, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's kind of going about what you were talking about. I think you can make the argument that for all of human history, the goal of every young person was to be rich, like, right? Like 1300s, yeah. you know, 100 years ago, let's, I want to be rich. Yeah. But then something flipped 10, 15 maybe even just five years ago, where the goal of every young person isn't to be rich, it's to be famous, mm-hmm. it's to be seen, it's to be known by the faceless millions. Yeah. So I guess if someone's watching this and they're like, okay, if I could just get validation, if I could get more, I mean, because I look at some of your videos and it's like, how many people like this? How many people, I mean, y'all, y'all are doing some, something really well because you guys are doing, uh, the numbers are nuts. But if someone's watching this and they're saying, they're saying to themselves, man, if I could just be, social media famous, if I could get a lot of people to like my stuff, if I could get a lot of people to subscribe to my stuff, then I'd be content. My tank would be full. I'd be, I'd be happy. So I guess what is it like being on the other end of being social media famous, being an influencer? Does it fulfill? Does it, does it check all the boxes? Nothing fulfills like Jesus. Uh, your identity, your value, your worth cannot come from numbers. Uh, there was even a, a shock there, I think a year ago, where they were going to cancel TikTok. TikTok was going to get wiped out because of the issues going on uh, with privacy. And so if you put all of your stock and hope into a social media platform, it's not promised tomorrow. What happens when it falls off? You know, What happens when it gets canceled or shut down? There goes your identity, value, and worth. And so on the other end, it's not as glamorous or glorious as it seems, uh, especially being a Christian content creator. Uh, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of consistency, a lot of discipline. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And uh, the numbers can be deceiving as well. It's not all built up. It's not all glitz and glam. And I would say that there has to be a sense of a higher level of spiritual maturity that comes from an individual because a lot of the likes and everything that come with those are also a lot of um, comments of those who don't believe in God. The haters. And so we do the haters. And so we do. Have, we <laughs> Y'all have, have haters? Oh. Yeah. oh, yeah. I was hated on today. I'm <laughs> hated on daily. Absolutely. What's it like when you're like hated on? Oh, man. So, so I'll, I'm I didn't fine. Even cut you off. No, I'm normal when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. I, can, I can let it go. My husband's pretty good at that, but every once in a blue moon. Well, let me blow your mind. First off, the, the haters, they're not atheists, Satanists, non believers. The majority of the haters are other Christians. Mm. That's, that's where a lot of the hate comes from. So maybe that goes back to our original conversation about why people don't go to church is, is judgmentalism. Correct. Right. So, where do you think the line is as a pastor? Where's the line between judgmentalism and also adhering to scriptural principles to, hey, the Bible says this, the Bible is very clear on this versus judgmentalism. Because I feel like that line 
can get murky, but it's so crucial. So where is a line for us uh, to understand that, Pastor Andrew? I think that in order to rebuke somebody, you have to have relationship first. Mm. So relationship before rebuke. I don't think that a comment section or anywhere on social media is the place to rebuke or try to correct somebody. It does, like I've never met anybody respond to a comment and go, oh my gosh, you are so right. I repent and let me <laughs> give my life to Jesus. Like yeah. it, it doesn't happen that way. It only creates division. I think of a non-believer somebody stumbling upon my content, going to the comment section, and all they see are cannibalistic Christians wow. eating each other alive and judging one another. So we are to look different from the world. So I think that unless there's a relationship, it's okay that if you don't agree with something, to keep scrolling. Yeah. It's really not that hard. Mm. Yeah. How do you deal with the haters? Honestly, I post something and I move on with my life. Yeah, I um, God has called me internal ministry. And so I'm running a whole church. And so my focus is to be obedient to what he's calling me to and not focus on social media comments, likes and things like mm. that. And that, again, comes from what I originally said, which is the spiritual maturity of it. Mm. Because if you're a little bit lower on the spiritual maturity side, things like that will eat at you really quickly mm. um, and insecurity will hit really quickly mm. um, or you feel like you have to you know fight off battles in the comments sections all Ooh. day every day and so it's just one of those things that you post it you put it out as long at it as it is biblically in context yeah. as what god has said you you have to keep it pushing yeah that, that makes me sad yeah. that the, the people that are ragging on you guys are other believers i get it though where it's like okay if there's some like massive theological thing, I want to push back. I want to be heard. But you're right. Like, when does that ever actually do anything? Okay. So hypocrisy. And uh, I, I feel like we'll, we'll at the end we'll, we'll we'll transition to more positive things. But hypocrisy, judgmentalism. What are some of the other reasons you see as for reasons people aren't going to church? I'll, I'll speak on a personal level really quickly. I have been through um, several churches in my life since I was 16. And there have been churches that I have came into and instantly felt welcomed and felt that there was a full community there and that these are people who believe in Jesus and love people. And I've also walked into churches after like relocating to different cities where it was very clicky, mm. um, you know, like girls or guys have their friends. And so when you come into church, it's kind of like, and I'm a solo, I, at the time prior to being married, um, I was a solo individual. I would just go into a church by myself and sometimes I would just not feel welcomed. I wouldn't feel love. I would just kind of walk past people. Um, nobody would really say hi to me. And I would sit in there and I'll sit in the back. And some of the churches that stood out were the ones that when I came in, I felt welcomed, mm. um, you know, and they prayed for me afterwards. Or if I sat by myself, they came and like placed a hand on me and were like, hey, listen, I, you know, I'm here if you need anything. I'm here for you. If there's anything that you want, you know, welcome to our church. We'd love to have you back. So it really just for me personally, I just feel like depending on which church you're attending to, I can see how there is church hurt really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm more of an individual where I like to just say like, we love churches, but there are some churches that can do a little bit better in mm -hmm. community and fellowship. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of things we've been discussing are church hurt, hypocrisy, judgmentalism. Those are kind of the, you know, blocking people from entering the, the front door. Uh, but I think one step even removed from that, that, that is something that I'm super passionate about, and that's kind of why we started this channel in the first place, is mental hangups 
when it comes to God and the Bible. And I was, I was, you know, we, we, you and I met uh, in Israel. Yeah. And um, in fact, that's the last time we hung out was in Israel. <laughs> and what I love about uh, what we get to do on the show is is help people um, remove some of those boulders that stand between them and the entrance of a church door. Uh, I, I was just thinking about the other day, like, you know, 200 years ago, 200 years ago, you can make a lot of arguments that would be, I think, uh, applicable to having a mental hangup for not going to church. But I feel like the more that the world's like, oh, this is nonsense. Oh, this is rubbish. The more God's like, yo, yo, time out. Hold my, hold my coffee. Cause yeah. you know, Loves hold my coffee. glass of wine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and let, let's, let's, let's dissect some of these things. And so I, I was just thinking about it last night. It's like, okay, a couple hundred years ago, or even a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. most scientists thought that the universe always existed. Right. Now in the 1960s, it's like, oh, darn it. The universe began, which sounds exactly like <laughs> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Or, or people would say, you know, uh, 400 years ago, people would look up in the night sky and see those big, shiny, white light thingies and say, oh, well, of course there's a God. I mean, what the heck are those? Yeah. But now, you know, I was reading this article in the BBC that they say that there's about two trillion galaxies. Mm. Two trillion galaxies, each one of those galaxies with 100 billion stars. So to me, what's a harder step of faith to be like, okay, there's some dots in the sky versus now we know there's two trillion galaxies, all with hundreds of billions of stars themselves. Which one screams more of a creator, more of a a super intelligence, more of astronomically just insanity than what we know now? Or you can take it to Israel, the more modern day thing we're talking about in in Joshua 8.30. It says, then Joshua built on Mount Ebal an altar to the Lord, which that's right after the Israelites enter the promised land. Of course, that's allegorical. Of course, that's a fairy tale. (laughs) <laughs> and then they find Joshua's <laughs> altar on Mount Ebal, right. or uh, I could I could go on forever. Yeah. The yeah. Pool of Siloam. Yeah. You know, there I was reading this article, I think in the Times of Israel, and the way they put it was amazing. They said, uh, depending on when you're watching it, the Pool of Siloam might be open again. But they're, they're basically saying, uh, for the first time in 2,000 years, the Pool of Siloam will be open to the public. Like all of these places, like archaeology screams of a creator. Yeah. The heavens declare the glory of God. Like a lot of these mental hangups is what I hope this show is doing, which is removing obstacles yeah. to realize that, man, maybe there is a creator, maybe it's a personal creator, and maybe that creator revealed himself. Uh, so that that to me is what, what fires me up. What What have you guys found when it comes to having conversations at your church that people have either mental hangups or, or, or problems reconciling that there is a God? Well, we live in Los Angeles, so extremely dark place, uh, a lot of wickedness and whatnot. But um, I think that people are, are still just making excuses uh, at the end of the day. It seems, and not to like take away from their thoughts or, or the things that they're, they're caught up on, it's really just a lack of understanding or, or not doing their research. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they say that we believe in fairy tales. Some of them can't reconcile the dinosaurs. They're like, well, explain to me the dinosaurs. And there were really giants. And Jonah really like stayed three days in the belly of a well. There's mm-hmm. questions of, of of that nature, which I believe, like you've said, archaeology and history and whatnot have all 
proven that those things can be true. Uh, so it's people just trying to have a deeper, better understanding of some things that are a little bit outside of their scope of their current reality. It's mm. just kind of far-fetched in their mind. Yeah. So let's say my, my, my buddy's watching this show mm. and they've experienced all the things uh, or whatever it might be, um, but they're, they're still in the church game. They, they want to reconcile some of these reasons people don't go to church. What would you give as, as an encouragement to them, like, you know, from your pastorly heart, um, dude, how can I make this better? How can I get that Gallup number to go in the opposite direction where more people are showing up to church? I'd share my testimony, mm. right? Regardless of the scientific facts, regardless of the, the hangups or whatever barriers you've created, I would just tell them, look, I was a menace to society before I met Jesus. Mm. And Jesus Christ completely changed my life, transformed me. I've tried 12 steps. I've tried self-help. I've done the motivational books. I've gone to conferences and uh, I've seen therapists. I've done all of the things that the world tells you will help you heal your traumatic experiences that will make you new. And none of them, not one of them, came through and actually did what Jesus said that he was going to do. Mm. And so I would share my personal testimony mm. because that right there, I believe, like in Revelations 12, 11, it's by the, the, the blood of the lamb and the power of your testimony. Mm. You're gonna overcome he who's in this world. Mm. And so I would share from a personal aspect because you can refute science, you can refute numbers, you can ignore like the statistics and the things that you see right in front of your face, but you can't ignore my personal story. Mm. So so what, what do you guys do on on TikTok or on YouTube or whatever it might be. <laughs> I love that you guys are, are, are TikTok missionaries. Um, <laughs> what do you guys do or, or, or put out there that helps people deal with, with all these hangups? I think what, what, what really works and what I see people respond to is also another reason why people are leaving the church. And it would be a whole other topic, mm. but it's authenticity. Mm. So uh, being real and raw and transparent is something that people are hungry for. Uh, this new generation can see through the fake. And so that's a big reason why people are leaving, but on the social media, uh, and you call us TikTok missionaries, we prefer the term digital missionaries, my bad, Raj. My bad, dog. So my bad, dog. as digital missionaries, <laughs> we don't want to be keyholed into just one platform. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> we have like a million YouTube subscribers, so by no means are you just that. So as digital, Are you guys still on Facebook? Is that a thing? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's that's where all the older are people you, are. All of the old people are. What about X or Twitter? Is that a thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's still there. I, I, I do X uh, on you a daily basis. Snapchat? I'm dating myself right now. No, no Snapchat. No, no Snapchat. Get no. out of your Snapchat. I think Snapchat's the devil. Dude. Yeah. But not TikTok. No, 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 no. no. We're hitting no. all generations. Okay. All <laughs> race, all age. You're going to hear the word of God. Oh, if I'm... you are at some point, you may have seen potentially our faces, but the word of God comes through. And so that's how many platforms we're so, on. <laughs> so let me say this. You guys have a brick and mortar church. Yes. But you put all your stuff out on, on social media. Just about. What's the importance, as we read from Hebrews, of actually showing up to church? You know what I mean? Like, I, it's so easy, mm -hmm. so easy. I have two kids that are almost five years old and almost a year old. It'd be so easy yeah. just to make some pancakes, some coffee, and watch Pastor Jeff, who's a friend of both of ours, and just kick it. Yeah. Do you, as someone who creates content online and also have a brick-and-mortar church, is it biblically important to actually show up to church? 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we, we started everything backwards. We started this digital mission field and planted a digital church, but we felt the Holy Spirit say, we also need to do something locally. So uh, a lot of people have questioned, why would you plant a church, which is arguably one of the hardest things to possibly do in one of the hardest cities to do when you've dominated the digital space? And we said, because that's the right thing to do. There's something they talk about in Acts chapter two called koinonia, koinonia is fellowship. And the gathering of the believers must not be forsaken. There is something special that happens within the four walls of your church. If it's a theater, it's a cafeteria, if it's a, a room, if it's underground, wherever that is, when believers gather together, there is something special. And we're operating within the order that God created us to, to operate. The body is an organism and a true healthy organism, a true healthy body gets together on a regular basis. Expand on that uh, when it comes to the idea of uh, the, the body being one entity. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, and, and I don't know if this is criticism, mm, it's more just observation. Mm -hmm. um, actually, you know what, let me put it this way. So you and I, uh, both of you, went to, with me to uh, Magdala on the, on the, on the uh, Sea of Galilee. And what was fascinating, I, I, I can't get over this fact that if this first century synagogue, where were the seats? They were, were, they, were, they, were they pews facing an altar? No, they were all around the, the outside where you, yeah, they were around the, the walls. All the four sides. And there was like a, a box where the, where the scroll had been read. Yeah. But people were looking at each other. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. Goosebumps. Right. We, we, we're in this together. I'm not preaching at you. Mm -hmm. I'm reading the scripture. I mean, even says in scripture, Jesus rose up, read Isaiah, and then sat down and hashed it out with the homies. Yeah. That's the, uh, the new, new living translation. Yeah, with the homies. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I, I think that's something that we're, we're maybe missing. And I, I get it though. Like when you see these pastors on television who are amazing, Yeah. well, of course you just want to be preached at, mm -hmm. but maybe that's not what, church should be maybe it should be look more like taking care of each other maybe it should look like discussing things and i think maybe i found this you tell me if i'm wrong the most effective churchy thing is small groups mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and sometimes it's the hardest thing to do yeah. um so if you guys could write as as pastors as digital missionaries there we go right yeah what would you how what would you write of a prescription to the current problem of people feeling disassociated, feeling like there's a bunch of hypocrisy, feeling like, why do I even go to church? I can just watch it online. What should we do? So to the people or the church? Because the, either. So to the church, I think that we should do a better job of bring people in, build them up and then send them out. Mm. So one of the reasons why people are leaving is there's no more mission. There's no more vision. There's no more fulfilling the great commission. Again, it's become this organization where we put on amazing worship, right? There's smoke and lasers and the pastor's on a, he's like on a zip line coming in, right? There's 10,000 people. If I knew you were coming up on a zip line, I would drive up to Inglewood to go to your church and be like, that's awesome. You will Catch never us in 2024. Oh, she says 2024. <laughs> I was like, never, but. I have a TikTok idea. Okay. We'll zip line on right. in. But My bad. I you no, know, you're good. You put together this amazing worship service and then you get this ear tickling motivational speech and then you pass the hat around and then you send people out because you got another 10,000 that need to come in. You're no longer mm -hmm. vision oriented. You're no longer mission oriented. Bring people in, build them up biblically through scripture, and then send them out. 
It's a great model. There was somebody who did that uh, in the Bible. I think his name was Jesus. Mm. You know, he brought the disciples in, he built them out, built them up, and then sent them out in twos. When they came back in, he brought them in. He said, "Let's get to a quiet place." He built them up, sent them out. It's this cycle that we need to get back to. Mm. And in addition to the church aspect, before we get into the people, is just helping the lost find the light of God and being very intentional with it and allowing us to like churches need small groups, allow there to be intimacy, real relationships um, where people aren't doing life alone, yeah. going out and really impacting the community of, of where your church is and just being the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want to say something. Too. Say it, bro. Look, I don't want it to come off as if we're sitting in a seat of criticism. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the, the the calling that we got to plant a church is because I was sitting in a church in a seat of criticism. And God said, uh, he didn't like verbally say it, but I, I felt it. Criticism without correction is just gossip. Ooh. So in order to like do something, like be the change you want to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, if you feel like you can do a better job, then do it. And so that's why we've planted a brick and mortar church with the intention to bring people in, build them up, and then send them out. Criticism, say that again. Criticism without correction or being a part of the solution yeah. is just gossip. AKA the comment section. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there talking about the people in the middle of the arena and you're not doing anything about it. Speaking of being in the middle of the arena, you guys probably have one of the most unique locations of a church I can think of because you're in Inglewood, yeah. which historically is an inner city area, but next to it is SoFi Stadium, yeah. the spaceship of all spaceships where like every celebrity in the world what is that like pastoring in this like weird dichotomy of like so weird almost abject poverty and like the richest most famous people in the world well city the the city of inglewood was known as the city of champions because in the 80s that's where the lakers built their dynasty at the forum Mm -hmm. so the forum still stands today and then you have uh sofi right across the street and we have the Intuit Dome, home to the Los Angeles Clippers that opens in 2024, right That's next right. door. That's right. There's so another team in, there's in another team Los Angeles. In, in Inglewood. It's and not so, called the Lakers. No. It's not called the Lakers. I don't know why I'm throwing shade hey, on the Clippers. Man, you're throwing shade them. at the Clips? No Clippers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're right. We My hosted, producer just uh, said thumbs down. Oh, Christina's no. a Lakers fan. Oh, we got friends on both teams, yeah. so we're yeah, not going to yeah. say we're anything. We're not going to create division within the church. Uh, we're here for everybody. Back to the Bible. Okay, back to the Bible. Uh, we're, we're in this city where we've hosted a Super Bowl, National College uh, Football Championship. We're on the bid to host uh, the, uh, the World soccer, Cup. the World yeah, Cup yeah, in right. 2026, and we're hosting the Olympics in 2028. That's right. So the city is, like you said, this dichotomy of... Uh, the poor and people who are being pushed out through gentrification. But then you also have like this booming economy and all of this money that's being poured into the city. It is, uh, I think that it's invigorating because we know we can sense that there's change in the air and the church scene uh, is, is primarily um, I don't want to say antiquated. That's not the word. That's not a respectful word. They're just, it's a little bit older. Things have been done a certain way for a long time, but there's a new, um, there's a new population of individuals coming and looking for a church home. And that church seems to be the church that God planted with us. Let's go. So it's beautiful. Let's go. Let me take one step back and we'll get back to that initial conversation. Cause we've been talking about Israel so much. Yeah. I feel like it's like an obligatory question. It's my, 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 one of my favorite questions. Y'all came with me in November of last year. Um, what stuck out? What was like the one thing you're like, yo, that's wild. Besides the hummus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Wow. There honestly is a lot. You knew I was going to say that because it's Israel. It's walking in scripture. But the 
most one of the most meaningful I'd say moments for me that I could recall was when we were at um, the Garden Tomb mm. and our group after just visiting it. For me, I felt the Lord's presence there. Yeah. I felt Jesus. And when we all collectively went into such a tiny spot and we all cried together and we all worship for a very long time and just soaking soaking in what he did for us, sending his son Jesus to die on the cross. That to me was probably, because you're there, we hear all the time, but you are there. And it's just like, it's it's a, it's a feeling that is undescribable. And so when people ask, I'm like, it's an undescribable feeling. Yeah. You have to go to Israel and you have to experience those moments. Yeah. Um, so that's like one of my most yeah. favorite memories yeah. of all times. I, I was crying, I was, it was a mess, I was a mess. <laughs> it was a mess. <laughs> Yeah. It was a mess. <laughs> uh, I would say when we did Shabbat with that family, Come on. that was, yeah, that for me, it was uh, on the tail end of me doing something that was pretty incredible. I did 372 days in a row of my show, Coffee and Prayer. Yeah. And Israel was the first time I took a break in over a year. Wow. And so that first you know, 10 days we spent Shabbat. And what I realized, and even the revelation I brought home, is the rest yes. and the intentionality of yes. rest and how we were saying uh, Laheim and we're telling stories yeah. and laughing. And um, I was full after the first course. I thought that was dinner. That's but an that, Israeli thing. Dude, yeah. I like, thought that was dinner. Then it's like the nine more courses. There was nine more courses. I was full. I left full, <laughs> rested, happy. Like we just had a blast. Mm. But it was it was life changing because I brought that same sense of Shabbat back home mm. and then incorporated it into my own work schedule. Right now it's like what, almost ten o'clock in the morning, eleven o'clock in the morning in, in Southern California, which means it's about to be Shabbat time in yeah. Israel. So Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. That gets me so excited. So last last thing. Um, again, if my friend here is watching this and they have experienced church hurt, they've experienced the hypocrisy, they've experienced the judgment, they've experienced the clicks, but they're like, yo, I need this Jesus guy. But walking into a church building... I don't know. I, I don't know if I can do that. What would be your your word, your encouragement, your thoughts to someone who just clicked on this video and it's like, yeah, I, I don't go to church anymore or I, I don't go to church at all, but let's see what they have to say. Well, what would you say to them? I would say, I would say to just give it a try. And some people have. And if that is not your church home, if, if God is not calling that specific church your church home, there are others. And to continue to church hunt. I will let somebody know, church hunt, you will find a community. You will find a gathering. You feel you will feel like you found a family, but you have to give it a try. And so if you've gone once, maybe even two churches, that means you got to go to church three or four or five, and you might even have to travel some, but make sure you are connected to a community. Make sure you are connected to a church. Um, and just to continue to give it a try because God is always there and God is always present. And while we feel that we might be able to do it on our own by sitting at home and listening to like sermons and reading the Bible, absolutely, that's amazing. But get connected somewhere and find your church home and find your family. I would share a story that I don't know if you'll be able to relate to this, but when I moved to uh, Los Angeles, I had to find a barber. Okay? Mm. I needed my hair cut. Bro, 
Well, you calling me out for being bald? I'm, I'm just saying you might not relate to this. I'm just saying it's, it's not it's not it's not personal. I'm Dude, just saying shots fired, you might bro. not relate to this, shots but my friend on the other side fired. of the screen just might. So um, uh, this is for them. If you have hair, if you have hair, then you might understand. <laughs> when I moved here, it was challenging looking for a place to get my hair cut. I was looking for a barber, and um, the first place that I went, they didn't do a very good job, and so I had a decision to make: Do I never go to another barber? Mm. Great analogy. Or do I continue to look for the one that will cut my hair right? Great analogy. And so just because you've been hurt, because you haven't found a church or been to a place where, you know, you fit in or have found your tribe, don't give up. Keep looking. Keep searching. There's a tribe out there for you. Mm. I love you guys. Love and congratulations you. again. I can't wait Thank to meet you. the little one. I Thank know. you.